I'm Delta Work, and it's time for Very Delta. My favorite rainbow is here, Mark Kanemura. But first, do you want to see me go off? Because I think you want to see me go off. M. Oh. M. Mom! Are you a lady like me? Introspective, beautiful. Oh, are you intellectual like me? Beguiled by a bargain? You like wild times? Oh, like me? Are you serving the community like me? Well, if you are, then you must be very Delta. I'm Delta Work, and this is Very Delta a luxury public access podcast and YouTube talk show where I look gorgeous, speak extemporaneously, and invite fascinating people to sit on the couch and get Very Delta. Very Delta is for the woman who loves a magnesium tablet in the evening to calm her nerves. But first, let's get into a few things that are Very Delta. Go off Delta! I think it's time we talk about greeting cards. I'm not talking about gift cards, which I absolutely love. I always think if you want to give someone a gift and you don't know what to give them, give them the gift of shopping. So buy them a gift card. It could be for any amount of money. If you know that they like to drink coffee, buy them a $5 card for Starbucks and they can, it'll be like you taking them out to a cup of coffee. If you want to spend more money, by all means, get them a card for a movie theater or a clothing store or something online. But what I don't particularly like anymore, and I don't think is very Delta, is spending like $6 on a greeting card. Now, listen, if you buy someone a gift card, you usually have to put it inside of something, right? So you would buy a greeting card that says, happy birthday, today's your day. And you open it up and it's like, enjoy your day, happy birthday. And then you like write your name on it and then hand it to them. And then they open it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, thank you. That is so thoughtful that you remembered my birthday with this piece of paper that has a picture of a cake on it. And then you wrote your name on it. And then now I throw it away. But you spent $6 on that card. Like, why are we doing that? I'm not, I don't do that. I haven't done that for a long time. But I think right now is when I really want to impress upon people that you don't need to be giving these companies your $6 or your $5 or your $3 even. Here's what I do. Because I need to put the gift card in some sort of greeting card in order to like present it to someone with some kind of message, because I don't know, I'm a traditionalist maybe, and I like that, but I don't want to spend those, but I don't want to spend those traditional prices. Go to a place like Dollar Tree that has all of the Hallmark cards, Heartline, American Greetings, all of those cards. They have them there, two for one dollar, two cards for one dollar with the envelope, all of it is there. And these are the same kind of cards that you're going to get somewhere else. Sure, if you go to like Target or Hallmark and you get those ones where it's like a beautiful lady with a dress and the, it's glittered and it's a peacock, that is a wonderful thing to buy. If you know someone who scrapbooks or you know that they uh, are going to keep that card, maybe they have a little box of uh, sentimental things, that's wonderful. But if you're just giving a card to someone because you have to have something to put the cash gift in or something like that, don't spend more than a dollar. Honestly, it's pointless. If you go to Target, they even have a section that says like car- cards under $2 or cards under $1. You may have to dig around looking for it, but it is in there and they do have them. 
Not a lot of choices at some places. That's why I say go to Dollar Tree or go to uh, 99 only stores, they're called. I, I don't know where you live, but here in Southern California, that's like a mainstay. Um, it's just kind of pointless to spend that much money on something that someone is going to throw in the trash. I mean, I say the same thing for like wrapping paper. I find the most beautiful wrapping paper at Dollar Tree at 99 cent store. Uh, and and a, a lot of times you'll look at them and you can read like what the name is on it. It'll have that brand Spritz, for instance, which is like the Target one. And you'll know that this wrapping paper might be a little bit thicker. Um, a lot of these places have uh, wrapping paper that's like manufactured for them. So maybe on the thinner side, but listen, someone's just going to rip the gift apart, right? So just get something that's pretty to you that you think is nice. You could get ribbons already curled. I think it's, it makes so much more sense to spend, if you need to spend money, spend it on the gift. And you can still wrap something beautifully and you can give somebody a card that, in fact, does say happy birthday. You know, but I mean, listen, so many people throw the card away because where are you going to display the card? Not everybody says like, oh, it's my birthday season. Here, let me set the cards on my mantle. Like, not everybody fucking has a mantle. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a fireplace. Uh, I would love for you to believe that I have one, but I don't have one. Um, so where am I going to put these cards? Like I could take a picture of it and post on Instagram. Like, look at what a beautiful card so-and-so gave me. I was so thoughtful and it is thoughtful and I do appreciate it. And I know that they spent money on it. So I want people to know that this made me feel special. That's why I'm sharing. I'm not sharing it to brag. I'm sharing it because I want people to know, you know, I, I felt wonderful and this image was so thoughtful. But honestly, I'm not a scrapbooker. Uh, I don't really keep a lot of uh, a lot of greeting cards. I do keep letters. What I will keep for sure is a card that someone makes. So if someone draws something on a piece of paper, if they um, just just take and, and write like a note, hey, I was thinking about you, wanted to congratulate you on X, Y, and Z. I save all of those things because I think... Um, they took another step and it wasn't about spending money. It was about personalizing something. Now, you know, if they put it in a card and they wrote a, a beautiful letter, well, then I'll keep the card because that makes sense. I'm probably not going to frame them. I'm probably not going to, um, you know, keep them out for the whole month of my birthday. But but I am going to put them out. Um, there's also that thing that intrigues me. Uh, I don't know how many people out there are actually using the, on a gift bag, it will be, say, a, a red sparkly bag. And then here's the a ribbon handle. And then hanging off of it is a little folded in half piece of material that the bag is made out of. And you can write on there like, uh, my dearest Margot, I hope you enjoy these edible panties. Um, I think about you often whenever I eat papaya and I came across these and they reminded me of you. Can't wait to see you modeling them on Instagram. And so that's something I, I would send. But I don't normally put that in one of those cards because as someone who reuses gift bags, yeah, I said it, I will reuse a gift bag. Um, I'm afraid that I might not remember that cards on there and someone else is going to find out that, oh my gosh, there's like, you reuse these gift bags. Maybe this one came back to you and there's a message on there and it could be that message and someone will feel bad because they'll go, oh, I wanted mango flavored edible panties. And it looks like you already gave someone that gift. And not only did you give them that gift, you gave me their fucking bag. So always be mindful about either not using those cards or tearing those cards off and throwing them out if you're going to reuse the bag. 
which also reminds me, if you're buying a gift bag from like Target or Walmart and they say like, oh, do you want everything in a, you know, do you want to buy a 10 cent bag or whatever? Don't let them put the gift bag inside of there because they're going to fold it in half and it's going to leave a big old crease and you haven't even used the bag yet. I've had people do it and I'm like, you know what? I can't take that bag. I'm going to need to, I don't need you to go get another one, but I'm going to have to walk back over to the gift wrap section and get another one because why would I want you to damage the bag before I use it? You know what I mean? Like I, that doesn't work for me. That's not, that's not very Delta to have like a creased bag and you haven't even used it yet. You know, uh, there are so many kinds of gift cards, uh, novelty cards, you would call them. Those are definitely a lot of fun, especially if you're giving a gift to someone who is a wisecracker or somebody who uh, loves the joke. They love this. Maybe you find a card that has like a song in it, like Eye of the Tiger. And you know somebody who is um, needs a little encouragement uh I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're embarking on a new project. This is the time, I think, when it's cool to spend the money on the card because you realize like this is, a, this is something between you and that person. Maybe this is your song or maybe you just think like this will amplify the message. I'm not necessarily buying them a gift, but I'm buying them this experience that I'm going to write my encouragement on. I think in that case, that calls for being okay with spending $6 on a card because you are like, you know, if you were buying a personalized video from someone, that's just the cost. If you were buying um, uh, a signed headshot from somebody, there's a cost incurred. So in this case, it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, I always find it weird when you see like those big, big cards like at 7-Eleven. I feel like everyone likes to look at them when they're in line, but nobody's buying them. Certainly you're not mailing that. I, maybe somebody is, but I, I'm not thinking to I'm not thinking to buy it, let alone uh, even to mail it. But I think those are best reserved for um, maybe kids who who maybe think that it's fun to be like see a big cartoon princess. I think that might be a nice purchase. It could be wonderful for um, you know. Uh, like a straight man who drinks beer in a garage and um, during the day, you know, and he, you want to give him something that's like, hey, pal, like if you call him pal, that's the card that you buy. Uh, hey, big guy, that's the card that you buy for them. And those, they could be $10.99. And if you're going to buy that, you might as well spend another $10 and get like a Budweiser poster to go with it and just stick that in there. I think that's wonderful if you want to do that. It's not very Delta to do that, but it might be very, um, it might be very Bruce, you know, or something like that. I think that would be a wonderful time to purchase that. I don't think you should be spending your money on that. I think maybe instead of the $10 card and the $10 uh, poster, hey, just give them 20 bucks. Just give them 20 bucks and say, how about you go buy yourself some lunch? That's a wonderful gift. It's a, you know, I love disappearing gifts. Um, I also think it's weird when um, people buy those cards where like it opens up and like maybe it's like a tree or it's butterflies or it's birds. Uh, just because once you go to close it, you're like, you're like this, trying to figure out how it goes back in because it inevitably it sits up on itself in some weird way. And Maybe you're supposed to just revel in the memory of the first time you opened it. And you're like, oh, my gosh, butterflies. How did you know that butterflies aren't one of my favorite things? But this card is supposed to, I don't know. 
I'm not sure what it's supposed to do, but uh, it's a beautiful thought. And, you know, this this is why I say this is where we have these discussions. This is where we fry those small fish uh, because we don't want to have those interactions with people and make them think that we are ungrateful for what they're doing for us. So, you know, if somebody gives you that, you go, oh, gosh, this is so beautiful and so thoughtful. And um, thank you for thinking of me. I don't think that's fake. I think it's real. I think you're saying to somebody, I know you thought about me. I appreciate you thinking about me. Um, and now it's my job to do with this what I will. Maybe I decide, you know what? This looks beautiful at my makeup station. I'd like to keep it there. And sometimes I do. Um, I keep a day planner. Uh, not a lot of people still keep a day planner, but I keep a day planner that has a clear like protector all the way around. And sometimes I'll look at something. I recently got a birthday card and it had an image that I loved and I just cut it out. And I pulled out the thing that holds it and I just glued it on there. And then I put it back in my day planner because I liked this image. I liked the way it looked. I wanted to treat it as if it was like a sticker. And uh, it reminds me of the person who gave it to me. So in that case, I am still, you know, purposing it uh, and it does still stay with me. There are cards that I will 1000% go out of my way to buy. Of course, you know, I'm going to go to Ross and buy the box of 20 cards. That's like $3.99. That's like... These are birthday cards, anniversary cards, get well cards, all of that, which it is kind of weird to send someone a get well card or a sympathy card that says in it, like, sorry about your recent loss. Like, I would rather just get somebody a blank card with like a sunshine on it that just says nothing on the inside. And I write in there, hey, been thinking about you. I know brighter days are ahead. But like, I think this reminder of like, sorry, your cat died. Well, we know that like that, that you're just reiterating what I'm trying to not think about. So think about giving somebody just kind of a blank card with a really heartfelt, simple message. Don't get lost in writing a message that like that you have to overthink and you're afraid. Am I using the right words? If you're thinking authentically from yourself and you're writing a message in there that is just a couple of sentences that are really heartfelt, it's not fake. And you are going to be telling someone exactly how you feel. When you start overthinking it and you start writing a paragraph, listen, you'll end up sounding like me, overthinking it pontificating for no fucking reason. Just don't do it. But what was the other card we were talking? Oh, the other kinds of cards that I will absolutely lose my mind over are anything that is super, super referential. Like I will have to buy them. There were Christmas cards last year that were coming across my Instagram. I never bought them uh, only because I thought they were a box of Christmas cards because I like to send out like, you know, you buy a card with two cardinals on it. I'm into this thing with the two cardinals because I found out that only male cardinals are red. And so for years since I was a kid, I'm born in 1976, all through the 80s, late 70s, early 80s and 90s, the cards you would see were Merry Christmas and it would be like two cardinals on like a branch. And none of us really thought about it. I mean, I'm sure experts knew, but it was only recently that I realized that those were always two male cardinals. It was not a male and a female as we've traditionally been known, like a, a Santa and a Mrs. Claus and a, you know, two uh, otters or whatever it is. Um, but the Christmas cards that I saw that I wanted were those sort of like mid-century Santas with the big red cheeks and they looked like oil paintings. And they were Santa sort of like looking like this creeping around a staircase or it was Santa like frowning like this or it was like Santa going like this or Santa going like this. And they looked scary, juxtaposed with um, the song, He Knows When You're Sleeping. He Knows When You're Awake. He Knows When You've Been Bad or Good. 
So when you juxtapose that, if you break that apart and you juxtapose that with images of this sort of like frightening looking Santa from like the van that drives around the neighborhood and it's Santa peeking into a door like this and it says, he knows if you've been good or bad. I was like, I have to buy these and send them to all of my rotted friends. I need these cards. But then I realized they were like $6 per card, which I get in the sense that like, an artist came up with this concept, right? Like this isn't like a concept. This isn't a card that's just been like manufactured eight zillion times. And 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 there's like, you know, the rights have been paid for this. I feel like this is someone's like intellectual property, which is a little bit different. And so in that case, yeah, this company is the only company making that card. I want to spend the money on this individual company because I want to encourage them to put out more frightening shit for me to buy. I mean, it's their intellectual thing. Somebody juxtaposed I keep using that word, but that's how I see it. They juxtaposed that innocent message with that frightening picture. And then I was just like, that's Christmas. That is fucking Christmas. I want to thank everyone out there who is watching this show on YouTube or is listening to the podcast. I have a blast every week that I come to the studio to do this. There is a network of people that put this together. Not just the mom network, but there's networks within. There's people all hands on deck. Mark is here. Margo is here. Stone is here. I could name off Doug Party of One. There's a million people here that I'm not naming off that really make this happen. And it's you who watch the podcast and listen that are really making this a reason to keep doing it. You observe things that I'm not observing. You absorb this and make videos and memes and reels and TikToks. And you do all of that to really keep the voice going, keep the conversation going. And that's what makes me want to do this. I have such a good time. Honestly, too, I have tons of patterned blouses. And where else am I going to wear them? I would love to wear them for you. Um, don't clock me on wearing so much leopard. Uh, you will find out later that leopard is not just a print, but it's my power color. And we can go into that later. We will go into that later. Um, I love you all so much. You want to see me take a break? I think you want to see me take a break. After the break... Mark, Ken Nimora gets very Delta. That's the T. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. Everything is online today, and Squarespace offers so many features to make your website so sleek and professional. I love to shop online, and I like to see how different small businesses and people have their websites set up. For me, it says a lot about how the customer service experience will play out based on a company's web design. I can always tell when a website is well-built and well-managed. It's the functionality, and Squarespace has it. With Squarespace, you can book appointments through your site. They provide everything you need to manage your schedule, accept secure payments, send automatic reminders. You can have an online store. You can sell your products directly on your site. And they offer amazing analytics too, which is great for growing your business. You can learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are the most effective. So check out squarespace.com slash verydelta for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code verydelta, all one word, to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain.
Today's guest is a dancer and choreographer who was a contestant and then an all-star on So You Think You Can Dance. Before dancing on tour and in videos with peak Lady Gaga on Drag Race and viral crossovers with Carly Rae Jepsen in his own apartment sometimes. And he's now written a children's book titled I'm a Rainbow. And he is. Welcome, Mark Kanemura. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm Thanks so for having to. me. We were just talking off camera about how, like, during the pandemic, everyone was, like, trying to make something happen, right? <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And we were watching each other. We were watching each other. Yes. Yeah. You brought me so much joy and Thanks. peace, too. Peace, peace comes up. Yeah, I would watch you and I could just sit there and watch you and just feel, <sighs> everything's going to be okay. I love that. Yeah. Well, I would I would watch you and I would get the exact same thing because I there's something that you uh bring to people and uh it's something that not everyone's able to do and that's just, mm. just like utter queer joy. There's joy in general, but there's also something specific about queer joy, totally. especially right now, oh, especially I mean, it's been the past couple of years, but right now it's like research where we really really need it in our community. It's the thing that keeps me alive mm -hmm. and connected to myself. So that's why it's like, it's so important to me. And I love that it's resonated with people and brings them joy as well. So it's like a win-win situation. What brought you to this point? Uh, <laughs> just seriously dancing. I mean, is this something that you've always loved and you knew that you would professionally do? Yeah. From yeah. a very, very young age. I mean, I was having dreams of dancing with artists like Janet and Madonna when I was maybe like 10 or 11. Okay. I vividly remember having dreams of touring with them and uh -huh. being on stage with them dancing. And I would wake up from those dreams feeling so disappointed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, that's not real. That's not a reality uh -huh. yet. And when did that ball start really going where you were like, this is happening. This is happening. What I always appreciated about them was they had a diverse group of uh, of dancers with them. Mm -hmm. So for me, like when I was watching music videos, I was like, oh, wow, there's people that look like me. So that's something that I could possibly do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, from a very young age, I was very much into dance, into the arts. Uh, at the time, my parents put me in baseball because they wanted some outlet for me. But as soon as I was like introduced into that world, I was like, this is for me. Right. The sports stuff is not for me. Mm -hmm. So my parents started putting me into like drama classes, into musical theater classes oh, I love at that. the uh, local like community theater. And then I got into musical theater, which was so wonderful and so exciting. Uh, and then I went through puberty. My voice was changing. I felt really uncomfortable singing. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, let me stick to dancing because this feels good. And I just continued training and dance. What is puberty? Like, I want to go through puberty. <laughs> I want to go through puberty. I hear about that all the time. Uh, I, uh, did you grow breasts? Uh, no? Skip it. Okay, skip, skip it. Skip it. Okay. It's it's not all it's, you know. Hmm. What is something that people don't know about um, holding uh, Katya upside down in Red You Wrote You? Is there something the smell. <laughs> the the smell. fragrance. The, 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 it, was it odoriferous? <laughs> odoriferous? Oh, odoriferous. I like that. I know. Yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. I mean, those legs open, and I was just like, "Wow, this is this is ecstasy." Yeah, uh, <laughs> ecstasy with an X, whereas espresso has no X, right? Yes. Um, but there's there's times in our 
in our most recent queer uh, history that you've been part of these things that maybe people don't recall because you are showcasing someone, in this case, Katya, in this case, Gaga mm-hmm. or whatever, but you are part of that whole that whole scene, that whole background. Uh, what What is that? What is that difference between like showcasing someone and showcasing yourself Ooh. in dance? They're both exciting and fulfilling in different ways. Uh, when you are dancing with an artist like Gaga or with Katya, you are there to, at least for me, I'm there to support them. I'm there to be there for them as an artist, to do what I can to show up in in ways that amplify them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm very conscious of when I'm in that space. But what's been fun for me in this sort of like new season in my life is that I'm the artist. I'm like the, uh, I'm the pop star. I'm like the drag queen that I grew up, uh, idolizing, you know? So it's, it's, it's really fun for me. And it's really, I, it makes me have a, a greater respect for these pop stars and these drag queens that I've grown up watching because it has allowed me the space to, yeah, express myself. And there's something so empowering about it. And Mm -hmm. I've, I've sort of learned that that's the reason I've been so, uh, that I've always gravitated towards pop stars and drag queens is because of that, uh, just like that fierceness and that power that they embody and just give and ooze out of every cell of their body. What about Gaga? Tell me something fun about Gaga because we all, everybody loves Gaga. It was interesting when I grew up, like growing up, I had like, I thought I was going to move out to LA and I was going to be dancing with like Janet or Madonna. But you know, there was, that was when I was like 11 or 12. So by the time I moved out to LA at like 24, obviously like things change and new artists come up. And so when I saw Gaga, Gaga was like the artist for me at the time that I was like, that's the artist that I want to work with and Mm -hmm. dance for. And so I was on, so you think you can dance at the time. And I... Every single day we, that we had rehearsal or a show, I would listen to Just Dance over and over and over because that was like the song that like got me up. And it was sort of a reminder like, hey, just dance. Everything's going to be okay. Da da do do, you know? Sure. And so, yeah, I did So You Think You Dance. And then I moved out to LA. And then the uh, opportunity came to uh, audition for her, uh, her choreographers, actually. It wasn't for her, mm-hmm. but I was like, I know who you guys choreograph for. So I'm going to show up to this audition and audition as if I'm auditioning for Gaga. Oh. And I ended up booking that job um, and just, you know, wanted to show them what I had and do my best. And from that job, they actually brought me on to do her VMA performance in, what was that, 2008, 2000? No, 2009, when she did paparazzi and she like bled all over the stage and everything. Right. And uh, I was just blown away by sharing a space with her like she is such a force and there is something so beautifully unfiltered about her creativity there is uh obviously people little monsters put their paws up yep. but you specifically technically literally know how that's done because there's not just any old way i would just think like oh i'm a kitty you put that monster paw up and it's like everyone just kind of comes yeah. together and it's like, ah. 
Hey, you know what it reminds you of? Energy up. Woo! Woo! Yeah, exactly. Right. It's very much that. I mean, and there's there's energy and like it's just it's coming from like the the gut, the heart, and it's going through the arm and into you know just the the tip of your finger. And it comes out of here. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And and can you do it more than one? Like oh, absolutely. You could do. Would one. you go you to the two. left or to the right first? I feel like there was what was that in uh, Bad Romance that it was it was both it was to the right. Bad Romance is special to me because oh. of Drag Race. Like it was we, we, we that was our one of our lip sync songs, and what a uh, song! What a song for sure. And you know uh, when we talk about choreographing stuff, depending upon who the audience is, who the target is, um, you have to keep that in mind, I would imagine. Absolutely. With something like Call Me Mother that was so queer, it was so celebratory. Um, was everybody on board? Was there any kind of weird pushback? Like, What was the feeling in that? So You Think You Can Dance had, they contacted me and they were just like, hey, like we have a season coming up. If there's any sort of like thing that you want to do on the show, if there's anything that you're, you know, feeling inspired by, like, just let us know, basically. And I heard this song and I was like, oh, this, this is it. Uh, and so I, I hit up Jeff Thacker, who's the, uh, one of the producers on the show. And I was like, hey, I want to come in for a meeting. I heard this song and I, I think it would be great for the show. And I did, I was a bit nervous just because I knew that what I wanted to present was something that was going to be very queer. And it was, I wanted it to feel like a big celebration of queerness. And I wanted the dancers to feel like they could celebrate themselves and each other and show up as bright as they wanted to show up. Mm -hmm. So I went into this meeting and I was like, Hi, I heard this song and I want to play it for you. And it's by RuPaul. And they heard it and they were like, oh, wow. And I sort of like pitched them the idea with sort of like all of these visuals that I was seeing. And surprisingly, they were completely on wow. board. Yeah. Wow. And I That's was nice. like, hey, listen, like I want a moment where there's this queen that's just like pulling someone like on on this long dress and I want confetti and I want umbrellas and I want fans. And they were just like, great, let's do it. Wow. Yeah, which was incredible. And then I showed up to work with the dancers and I, I shared with them like the vision and the idea. And I think that they were just really excited to be yeah. a part of it. And I, you know, I gave them like, there was choreography, but I also gave them space to like, I wanted them to like, be stars. I didn't want them to hold back. I wanted them to like shine bright and do their thing. If they did a live action of Dirty Dancing and the two of us were up for the lead roles, which of us would be Baby and which would be Johnny Kessel? <laughs> Obviously, you know, for the magic of television, yes. we would have to rig a harness, which is fine. Nobody would know about it. And they would think that you were fully lifting me into the air. Could you see it? it? That's honestly what, when you asked me that question, that was the first visual that I know, popped in my head. It could happen. It would be iconic. Are you kidding me? People would lose their minds. Do you like Dirty Dancing as a movie? You do? Do you, oh, which other character would you play though? <sighs> well, can we talk about Dirty Dancing for a We can bit? talk about Dirty Dancing for months. So Patrick Swayze was my gay awakening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw that man on my on my TV yeah. and I was like, oh, 
something something is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling yeah. I'm feeling something. And yeah, so he always like, he has a special place in my heart just because I'm- 100%. Yeah. And then he did Tu Wang Fu and I was just like- Well, and you know, we we talk about people, like when, when people talk about like drag roles, of course, I'm a firm believer in like cast a drag queen in a drag role. Oh, absolutely. And, but when I watch, I personally count Tu Wang Fu as probably like my number one drag movie. And- you know, people are like, oh, but they weren't drag queens. They took those roles away from drag queens. And maybe that was the case. But uh, at that time, that that's we weren't conscious enough to have that conversation. Agreed. Yeah. And when I see them, like I always look at Vita Bohem as a character as like, gosh, I hope I can take some of that and 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 take that along. Because I thought it was I thought these characters were so respectful and really made sense. In fact, I just recently saw an, uh, an old interview with uh, the three actors, like talking to like Access Hollywood or something about their characters. And, Ooh, okay. and Wesley Snipes was saying like part of his inspiration was he used Bette Midler. And I was like, oh, I wonder why. And he explained like, I wanted a walk that that spoke to something that I remember. And I remember Bette Midler always having this little walk that was like sexy. And he's like, that's part of my thing. And then part of it was this. And so- I feel like when I was a young queer person, that first of all, the soundtrack blew my mind, uh, right? Where is the, the body? body? And but watching Done. them, and so yeah, but going back to like Dirty Dancing, you know, you it, it, was a, it was a different time. Also, in I feel like filmmaking, that movie, like there was nothing outwardly like super sexual, but as you said, there was an awakening because you were like. There's a confidence there. He's handsome. Yeah. He's uh, uh, protecting someone. Like there's all those things. Absolutely. That, yeah, for sure. And I do think that the movement wasn't, yeah, it's an important thing that you brought up. I I, I think there was this sort of freedom in the way mm-hmm. that he was moving his body that I was like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that is, that's a moment. One of my favorite scenes is when she brings the watermelon in, but when the doors open and you're watching everyone dance. Ugh. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's sexy. It's romantic. It's beautiful. It's dangerous. Like it's all of those things in one for sure. For sure. I love that. Ugh. I love that. So I'm just, I'm just soaking in it. Cause I, I, I I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm replaying it in my head. Right. You can watch what it on that movie all the time. Yeah. It's so good. Let's take a break. Very Delta is a proud sponsor of the original butter crunch toffee. the sophistication. Also, my favorite, um, my other favorite character who was very minimal in the movie was um, the lady who was like the MILF. And she was like, uh, she had like this black dress. She ended up sleeping with Johnny Castle and sleeping with everybody else. She was, her husband was like a gambler there. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And she has like this black wig and she's like taking dance lessons. Uh, And they're like, when are you going home? And she goes, Friday. And she's just like, just like big sloppy boobs and like mule heels, like sexy, Uh, but like just trashy and drunk. We love that. I love it. We love that. I love it. And we are back with Mark Kenimura. We are just talking about all of it. Dirty Dancing, Patrick Swayze, who Mm. will forever be. Um, In that movie, there was also a moment where uh, they were like trying on wigs. Uh, One of the dancers was trying on wigs. You are a wig aficionado. I feel like when I put a wig on, it's just, 
there's that change. There's yeah. there's something that happens. And I will say that I, I, I noticed that it happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I put a wig on my boyfriend. I put a wig on my mom, on my sisters. And there's just something that happens. Mm-hmm. The shoulders just kind of roll back. The posture yeah. strains up. Certain mannerisms come out. And I think there's something really beautiful and empowering about that. And that's why I like... I love wigs for what they are, like the the look of them, but I also just love what wigs do and bring to people. Mm-hmm. There's something so cool about that. I wanted to get a, a wig cap and, and put all this, my own hair under it, and then try a wig on. Uh, what kind of wig, wig would you recommend for me? Because I haven't done them yet, and I want to. <laughs> I... I uh... I'm a sucker for like a long wig because I like to, Uh when I'm dancing, I will whip the shit out of that wig. Like I just, I want it moving everywhere and anywhere. And see, this is when I like, I will channel like pop stars because I'm like, I'm thinking that in that moment, I'm like, I'm thinking that I'm Beyonce. I'm thinking that I'm Gaga. I'm thinking that I'm Janet, that I'm Madonna. And it's like all of these like pop star loves of my life suddenly like come into my body. And I, I, I feel like, I'm I'm those people. Mm-hmm. So I just I feel like you can't go wrong with like one of those like long, you know, a, a nice loose curl. Mm-hmm. Go with that. I think I will. I I always think about in your videos. There's a it's not every time, but it's sometimes you'll uh, come up really close to the camera, like a, a, maybe after you've finished whatever it is that you're doing, and you'll do this beautiful <laughs> laugh. It makes me so happy because uh, I I was. I was talking to my partner about it the other night and I said, what it is, is that I feel like you're not only laughing because there's joy, but you're laughing about this idea of like, why wouldn't I have a wig on? Why wouldn't I have high heels? Why wouldn't I be dancing? Why wouldn't you be doing it with me? And it's so much joy. It even really does harken back to Tu Wong Fu because there is a moment where um, the Wesley Snipes character just has this really girly laugh, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's so beautiful. And I think seeing you in wigs and your underwear or or it, it wrapped up in toilet paper or a beautiful gown, whatever it is, yep. there's something that really, I hope the world is paying attention because it really says that truly drag is for everybody. Absolutely. Truly, you you can be in drag and dance. You don't have to be in drag. You can put a flower in the, in the back of your hair and be glamorous. You can do all of these things. And watching someone who doesn't necessarily do uh, quote unquote, female impersonation for a living right. doesn't mean that they're, you're not afraid of uh, of saying it. And it, it doesn't have to be, I'm showing you my softer side. It's, I'm showing you why not put it on. That laugh that I do is like, it's, there's something about what I do that is so seriously unserious. Mm-hmm. And I think that this laugh comes from like in the moment I'm so in it and I'm so like, I'm whipping my hair and I'm dancing and I'm, you know, doing all this stuff. And then there's this moment that sort of comes over me as soon as I'm done. That's like, Oh wow, that was really freaking ridiculous and fun. Right. And it makes me, it just makes me laugh. Cause it's just, it's so, yeah, there's something so ridiculous about it all. And I think your book, your new book play obviously plays into all of this. This is the idea of being yourself. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Tell us about the book. Uh, well, so this recent season that I've been in, uh, in with like, you know, these videos and things that I've been doing, uh, have been this journey 
back to my inner child, mm -hmm. which has been really, really cool. I mean, like I, somebody was uh, showing my videos to my dad like a couple years ago. And I went back to Hawaii and I was talking to my dad about it. And my dad just kind of laughed. And he's like, you know, it's so, there's something so funny and beautiful about seeing these like videos of you because you've been doing this since you were a kid. Wow. And I, it, it, there was something that was so like just funny and sort of like this like full circle moment. Mm -hmm. um, so with a children's book, like that was never something that I sort of like set out to do. Mm -hmm. But I will say that in recent years, it was something that like popped in my head where I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I want to write a children's book because of this recent journey I'm on. Like it's, it's, it makes sense to me. I, I'm right. getting back in touch with my inner child. I'm providing him this space to do these things that he has always wanted to do. And, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm allowing him the space to express himself, to create in ways that he's wanted to do. And I felt like it was important for me to share that in a way that, uh, maybe kids that are growing up that are similar to me, would find uh, joy and acceptance and uh, love in. So what happens in the book? Tell me what what, what is the storyline of the book without giving it all away because we want people to read it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it pulls from my childhood. I mean, it starts from uh, the opening scene sort of opens up in one of my living room productions. Uh, anytime I would go see like Again, my parents were very supportive, which I feel very grateful for. So they would take us to see uh, Broadway shows whenever they would come down to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones that made an impact on me was Phantom of the Opera. And I just remember sitting there and I was like, this is how I was sitting there. Like I was just yeah. completely speechless. Like, I, was, I was like, oh my, like, what did I just see? I mean, sure. like, sure, like the dancing, the singing, the acting was incredible, but I was just so blown away by the full package, the set the lighting, the costumes. Like I've always been like that kid. That's like, like, yes, I feel like I'm a theater kid and like a, a theater geek, but I, I've always been so fascinated by like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so I was, I've always been into like production, like just mm. the overall production of it. So like I saved up my money. I got the soundtrack, you know, I, I, I basically created a production in my living room. So it pulls wow. directly from that. And that's kind of how the, the story opens up. And it goes through my childhood of being this young kid who is just so full of uh, color and vibrancy and creativity. And he's just trying to find his way in the world. He's trying to find his, uh, he's trying to find a safe space. He's trying to find his community. Mm -hmm. And his parents sort of see, you know, the, the struggles and the bullying that he faces. And they gift him with um, something. You'll see in the book. And um, this this gift sort of uh, gives him that extra oomph, that that confidence that he uh, that he needs to sort of like get out there and express himself and show his light to the world. And yeah, he feels like he sort of gets this confidence from this gift. But what ends up happening is that he finds that this this confidence and this light that he thought came from this gift is actually within him. Where are people going to get your book? They can uh, pre-order it now. Uh, mm -hmm. It comes out May 9th, mm -hmm. uh, but they can get it like on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, I have a link in my uh, Instagram where there's uh, a bunch of places that you can pre-order from. For sure. Let's take a break.
are back with gorgeous Mark Kanemura, who's now an author, of course. Uh, we've been talking about the book. We've been talking about dancing. We've been talking about high-quality romancing. We've been talking about not wearing underwear. <laughs> we've been talking about shoes that make your feet bleed. Oh, gosh, yes. Blisters. Ugh. But this is the part of the podcast where people write in letters. Great. And uh, if you want to write uh, in, you can write a letter to readmedelta at gmail.com. Any of your questions about things in life or if you want to talk about things that we've talked about on the podcast before, I would say we welcome your comments, but we don't. Um, we're not interested in what you have to say uh, <laughs> negatively. So you can um, gather your things and walk out if that's what you want to do because those emails will uh, go in the round file. Okay. Love that. Yeah. So let's open our first letter. Here we are. I feel like I'm at the Oscars right now. I'm like waiting uh, to see gonna who's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First letter. Hello, Delta and esteemed guest. I was wondering, what is appropriate farting etiquette with a partner? Do you ease your way into it? If so, how? Very anonymous. <laughs> well, I believe that... Um, I think that's like, that's like the final frontier. Like if you... If you uh, are comfortable with someone and you pass gas, I feel like it's fine. Oh, absolutely. I don't agree with doing it at the dinner table the same way I don't necessarily think. I mean, I know there's issues. People are like maybe have issues. And so we have to make space for that. But I think you shouldn't intentionally just go into something like I'm going to pass gas while everyone's eating or I'm going to stand up and pass gas as I pass your face. Like, right. I don't think so. Unless you're being paid for that. That's a service. And we I've make, heard about that. Yeah, we make room for uh, because uh, sex work is work. So Absolutely. I'm fine with all of that. Have you heard of the five love languages? Please tell me because I have not. Well, there's like there's there's these different love languages that uh, that basically show like the way that you uh, express your love or the way that you want to receive love. Okay. So there is like physical touch. There's like acts of service. It's like these five different love languages. But I do feel like farting is the sixth love language okay because when my boyfriend farts in front of me there's something so sweet and endearing about it where mm -hmm. i feel like ah oh, yes like i love you like it, it, there's a certain closeness right not that i'm like i i, I i'm not uh, and i'm not gonna like kink shame, shame anybody but like right. fart like i'm not like i'm not like going up and like sniffing his butt or anything but right. it's like but there's just when he farts i'm just like ah oh, you yeah. feel comfortable. No, for sure. Like that's yeah. when you've truly let your hair down. Yeah. You've taken your wig off, your yeah. bra is off. There's there's, there's a vulnerability there. That's the word that I've been looking for. Yeah. yeah. There is. I mean, whatever. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's a big deal when you um when you kind of know that it's ill-mannered to do that in front of strangers. Sure. And you just do it anyway. And you're like, well, that's my body. I don't care. Right. It's like, well, then you know better. It's kind of like that thing when people go, well, this is how I was raised. And I'm like, oh, so you know that you are now raised and you can make a different choice. You're just relying on this because it's easier. And I, I don't necessarily mean that in farting. But um, I say, listen, uh, if you're comfortable enough to do that around somebody, then I feel like it's fine. It's fine. We're humans. We do yeah. it. You know, it happens. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like I have friends that I would not do that around just because I'm like, uh, not that I think they would judge me, but I just think it's awkward. Maybe. Farting is one of those things that I, I feel like no matter how old we get, it's it's always going to be 
funny. It's always, it's always funny <laughs> for sure. Especially if somebody does it and they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize you were there. Or like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, yes. it's ridiculous because it's like a burp. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, there's something about it. That's just, it's so comical. It is comical. Yeah. And you know, I love to make fart noises. Like it's my, Do you? oh, it's my favorite thing. Like <laughs> my favorite thing, especially if like, say you're sitting here and like, you're like, okay, well, bye. And like you get up, like I'll have to make a fart noise. Oh, I love that. Okay. Right. And then okay. someone's like, I didn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think it's fine. <laughs> Come on. Whatever. Love language. The sixth it's love the language. It's the sixth love language farting. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to find out more about the love languages. I love this idea. It's pretty helpful, actually. Yeah. Okay. Here's another letter. Oh, this is a long one. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, very Deborah. My phone autocorrects Delta to Deborah, so now it's always Deborah in my uh, friend chat where we are all devoted fans. I want to thank you for your show and how you serve the community. Although I'm not from Southern California, I grew up in Southern Arizona. And from listening to Very That and Very Deborah and the stories you share, I find so many similarities in our communities. I'm queer, brown, nearing 40, and also grew up in that intersection between chola and goth. And that always intersected with sissy and nerd. Uh, as someone who has been beguiled by a bargain since birth, thank, uh, thanks to parents who took me to stores like Ross, Pick and Save, Factory to You, etc. One of my favorite acts of self-care is visiting a store like Ross, Didi's Discounts, or a thrift store. But in the past year or so, I have found myself drawn to Burlington, former, formerly Burlington Coat Factory, sometimes more than Ross. I will always love Ross and it will always hold a special place in my bargain heart. But the Burlington stores are more organized, feel more spacious and have similar yet different items than a Ross at around the same prices. At Ross, it sometimes feels like I am in a crowded closet with every ant in town. The walls are closing in on me like the trash compactor scene in Star Wars. <laughs> What are very Deborah's thoughts on Burlington? Do you do business with Burlington? How does it compare to Ross for you? What are the pros and cons of each? Do you go to Ross for certain items and Burlington for others? What has the better candle aisle? Sincerely, Tito in Tucson. Wow. That's a, that's that that person went off. They did. They I, I appreciate it though. I do too. I like the specifics of that. I I like I like Burlington Coat Factory. Have you been to a Burlington Coat Factory? I still call it that, even though it's called Burlington now. Maybe once. It. I don't. I, I don't remember. You don't. You don't. You don't bargain shop. Oh, I do. I, I, I think I, you're lying. I do. I think you're rich. I love a Ross. I love. Um. I also love like a a Nordstrom rack. I love. love. Uh, uh. I love a Home Goods. Mm -hmm. I love. I, yeah. I. I love a, a deal. I'm upset with Home Goods sometimes because their pillows seem expensive to me. Their throw pillows. I'm not paying forty for a throw pillow. I will spend money on a, a, like a pillow. Like yeah, a, yeah, 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 for know. sure. But a throw, yeah, I. Oh, I need oh. to see like twelve ninety nine to sixteen ninety nine. That's I think that's fair because I want to throw them out eventually or give them away or they're not really gonna. I'm not gonna rest my head on them. No, they're just there for like decor. But a Burlington, um, I do feel like I've been to Burlingtons that are definitely a lot more organized and clean than a Ross. But Ross has my heart because I know going into it, like I know what I'm getting into. This is not boutique shopping. Right. There is not going to be personal service. <laughs> There's no calling another store, right? Then if that's happening. And right. we know this. But same at Burlington though. Same idea. What I will say happens at Burlington is they do have a better big and tall section. If you're somebody who needs that, I need that. 
they do have that option. What really uh, bothers me about it is the fact that they used to have a very extensive big and tall suiting and formal wear and they got rid of all of that. So occasionally you might find something if you're a big and tall person that's like suiting, but not normally. But before they would have like tea stands that were like Calvin Klein, big and tall, uh, uh, you know, Armani, big and tall. Like you would find it and I would be like, oh my gosh, like this now just needs some tailoring. Hmm. Um, they don't have that anymore. I guess there was just not a demand for it. But I also feel like during the pandemic, a lot of stores kind of lost their ass on what they used to get and then they Got didn't it. get it anymore. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I wear these like artificial nails and uh, I know you didn't know, um, but the, I used to use nail tabs from a company called Daiso, which is my, Daiso. I, I love my Daiso. Store, yeah. My it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yes. Yes. Everything is great there. And I always like to go there before I take a flight because I like to get like shrimp chips and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I like basic okay. snacks from there. But um, I used to get these nail tabs and one day they just stopped having them. And I was like, where? I, I, I need to get them. And finally, I, I asked this girl that always sees me go in. She's like, you know where your nail tabs are? They're sitting out on a shipping container right in the port of Long Beach. Got it. And that's why we don't have them. So now we have new, like newer versions, but they're not like what you used to use. And of course, my hoarding tendencies still have me with probably another year's supply of them. I don't know what I'm going to do after. I have no idea. But um, well, hopefully that shipping container gets here by that time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I saw a video of shipping containers falling off of a ship into the middle of the ocean. It was so frightening. Doesn't that scare you? Oh, yeah. Growing I, up in Hawaii, I mean, like my my dad, my sisters always wanted to take me out surfing. And I'm like... No, I'm good. Like I, I, I like being in this area where I can like see right. what's below me. Like once you get out there, it's like, yeah. There's something I don't know. There's something. Where you go about, into like, a lagoon? Ugh, that that really you won't do that either. Will you tuck a flower behind? Am your I ear? like? Am I am I on a board in a lagoon? No, it's just like a. It's like or a am little, I just like, swimming freely? Like a little like a like an estuary, like something like just a little bit. Like you can just sit your butt oh sure down sure sure it. yeah yeah. And would you put a flower behind your? Oh, ear? I, I love putting a. Actually, there's a little there's a flower in, in little Marky's ear right there, which I love. Yeah, a little plumeria. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, can I just say that I love uh-huh. that you have so much knowledge about things that are not talked about. Like Burlington Coat Factory? Yes. Like the fact that you know about like their selection of big and tall clothing. I love that you have knowledge and expertise about fragrances, about sodas, about different restaurants and the way that they will serve you or not serve you. I love Um, that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You know what it is? I'm an only child. Okay. And I was raised by a single mom. Okay. And we moved around a lot. So uh, because of that, I kind of had to like acclimate myself pretty quickly okay, and try to understand how to fit in, even though I never really did fit in. So I had to sort of, um, I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, just sort of like lie about what I knew. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, I do know all of this stuff, but uh, I, I think at times I would have to sort of ingratiate myself like to to make friends and then i realized like well if i share my knowledge about stuff then i I know that's something they can't take away from me because i i do know um so yeah i feel like that's kind of part of it yeah you know what i think another part of it is too i think it's things that we are all thinking and experience Mm -hmm. but don't sort of like I, i don't know there's something about it when you speak on it you're like 
oh yeah, I've had that experience. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Before we go, I mean, um, I've heard you use the word soda three times. Yes. But I wonder if you actually drink a soda. I, I feel like you don't. I, if I'm, I'm just more, I'm just, I'm more of a water person, to be honest. Just admit it, that you're, that you're healthy and you look down on everybody. I have recently got, got back to sodas. You I shouldn't d- have gotten back to them. Why? Once you get away from them, that's wonderful. Don't return. But if I'm feeling crazy, because I also don't drink Ooh, alcohol. If you're feeling crazy. Yeah, yeah. If I'm feeling crazy. What are you going to have? I'm going to have, like, if I'm on a plane or uh-huh. at, a, at a bar somewhere, if I'm feeling wild, uh-huh. I'd order a ginger ale. <gasps> spicy. Spicy. Sometimes a ginger ale is spicy. Ooh, the spicier, the better. Last yeah. Christmas season, the Canada Dry was doing a blackberry ginger ale in a can. How was that? I never had it. I couldn't oh. find it. I need it so bad. Would wow. you do a cream soda ever? Oh, I love oh cream God. soda. I love cream soda. This is what you have to do. Cream soda. Go to Target. Get yourself one of those tall bottles called Sparkling Ice. They're oh, like... Yeah, yeah. I know Sparkling Ice. Fruit. Yeah. The idea is that they're fruit. There's probably no fruit in them. People get them and then they pour them in a glass with ice and they put just a little bit of heavy whipping cream and they stir it. Oh, wow. And it tastes like a cream, like a creamsicle of whatever fruit that you are drinking. So kiwi, oh. strawberry... Everyone's doing it. I haven't tried it. I'd love for you to try it um, and let me know if you think it's we'll good. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. We'll have the entire yeah. hour or whatever will be just on sodas. Talk it whenever. Yeah. 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 I love that. <laughs> I don't See, I thought you were going to say a Diet Coke, but you didn't. No, I'm like, yeah, ginger ale is like what my go-to if like I'm on a plane or at a bar. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling like extra crazy, I'll do like a Dr. Pepper or a, uh, I love a root beer as well. I love a, I, I love a sprunch. What's that? Have you ever heard heard of a sprunch? Like a sprite and punch? Yeah, like a sprite and fruit punch. Like that. Growing good. up, like that was like my my jam. Yeah, even at the movie theaters now. If I if I'm gonna go see a movie, like a sprunch is like my my jam. Do you like popcorn at the movies? Oh, are you kidding me? Can absolutely. you go crazy on popcorn? Yeah, Can absolutely. You? In uh, in Hawaii, we have this thing called hurricane popcorn, which is popcorn with butter and these like rice cracker things that we call mochi crunch. So you put that in there, mix, yep. and if you want, sometimes they'll put uh, furikake, which is like uh, little like slivers of like seaweed and yep. like sesame seeds, uh-huh. and you'll throw that in there as well. Like Hawaii, they will throw down with popcorn. I mean, they will make their yeah 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 yeah. So when I'm at uh, when I go to a movie, I'll usually bring a little bag of Mochi Crunch with me to throw in my popcorn. Mm-hmm. I bring a bag too. And you know what I use it for? You take the bag and you open it up when you go sit down and you dump the popcorn in there. And then you go back up and you go, can I get a refill? Oh. And then wh- you have fucking popcorn to take home. Well, no, with uh, with AMC Stubbs, you get the large popcorn and you get a refill for yeah. free. So I, when I go up to order, I just, I'm like, hey, can I get the refill already? So I'm, I'm walking into oh, the theater. Oh, you asked for it already? Oh, absolutely. I need to hang out with you. Yes, will absolutely. Will you be my gun I, I, I absolutely will. Yeah. This is rad. I honestly, no, I have the Stubbs. I actually bitched about Stubbs recently. I have like 3,000 Stubbs points and okay. I don't have like any benefit from that. Wait, are you Where? sure? Yeah, I promise. I will show you on my phone. I will show you on my app. You don't have like the little like, I feel like it equals like a $5 reward Nothing thing. is, co- well, they did send through a thing that said that I had a $5 reward yeah. that I will, that is available to me in two months. <laughs> no, it was like $3, I think. Girl. But I also ordered from she. Do you ever order from Sheen? I've never ordered from Order she- from Sheen. It's cute. Okay. Um, I ordered from them uh, some things and then they let me know that my uh, order was going to be delayed, which was not a big deal. I wasn't like, it was like shirts and like sweats or something. Okay. Um, 
And they let me know that for their inconvenience, they were going to send me a 50 cent coupon. I promise I you. I can't. I, I can't. swear to Stop. God. 50 cent coupon, but it expires in, in 30 days. So you better get on it. That's what they let what me know. What are you going to spend it on? Girl, well, Treat honestly, their clothes are cheap. So it, it, that might buy something. Okay. Uh, do you ever spin the wheel when people are like, like, you go to a website and they're like, spin the wheel and we'll give you a discount? I don't. I just... I had one the other day that said, spin the wheel. And then like, you know where you can go, you can click like, no, I, I don't, no, I don't want to save today or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one said, no, thank you. I'm rich. I, I wish I would have screen wow. grabbed it. So I can't remember who did it. So every time one comes up, I'm like, please, because I got to prove to people. It says, I think it was on Fashion Nova. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just feel like those wheels are a setup. Like it's not going to give me like, There's you know. give you 10% off. Yeah, yeah. Girl, 10% is not on sale. Yeah. Come on. That's not even the shipping. Exactly. You get it. Thank you all for listening to Very Delta. <laughs> you can search for Very Delta on all of your podcast apps. We come out every Monday and you can find us here on the Mom Podcast YouTube channel. A special hello to everyone watching the show on YouTube. We love you. Thank you. Keep commenting. Keep loving us. Keep sharing because that's how more people can find out about the talk show. You can also send your questions to readmedelta at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Delta Work. And where can people follow you? On they can follow media? me on... a. Uh... On my uh, Instagram at MKIK808. I'm on TikTok at Mark Kanimura. And yeah, those are like the two platforms that I use. I'm pronouncing it wrong when I say Kanimura. It's Kanimura. Kanimura, yeah. Like Connie. You did a, you, you actually did a great job. Really? Yes. Oh, it's, it gets butchered sometimes. I corrected myself in the middle though because I know that the proper pronunciation is Hawaii. And I always, sometimes I'll say Hawaii and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. but I've learned that that's not the pronunciation. So then when I heard you say it, I was like, follow it back up with the right way to say it because it's not that difficult. Like, why can't you just pronounce a word correctly? Like if someone's told you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't know. I feel like that's so weird to like, I do that myself though. Like I order, like I'll order something. Like if I'm at home and I'm talking to family and I'm like, oh, I would love a quesadilla. But then I'm like, can I get a quesadilla? <laughs> Because I'm Southern, like, I'm not, right? I'm like, I kind of sound like a valley girl. I know this. Like, people tell me all the time, you are definitely from Southern California. Well, it's funny that you say that because I feel like growing up in Hawaii, there were there are some things that we pronounce, like, take, for example, uh, karaoke. Mm -hmm. Like, people say karaoke, but growing up in Hawaii, it was karaoke. Like, we would go right. to karaoke. So, it's just, I, I sort of adjust it according to like where I right. am, if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to be fake. I'm just trying to like, you know, if I'm at Taco Bell, like I, I want a quesadilla. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I But I, I do. but not a chicken one. Their chicken is wrong. Don't eat their chicken. <sighs> I promise you. Just eat cheese. Do you, are you vegan? I'm not vegan, but dairy just doesn't, me and dairy don't get along. So oh, I'm yeah. really sad that I haven't had Taco Bell in a really long time. Um, yeah, I think they, For were that gonna, reason. they were going to come out with vegan things. Were they? Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I I miss my quesadillas. I miss my Mexican pizzas. Uh, yeah. Huh. We were doing the outro, weren't we? We were. And but we we're, were going talking. into a whole other segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can also follow the show on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, you can follow at Very Delta. You will get dedicated socials right at Very Delta. So go to at Very Delta and follow that. And you'll get all the clips right here. Join me next week right here for another episode of Very Delta. And until then, please keep things very Delta. On the next episode of Very Delta... Bitch, it's Carmen Carrera. And darling, you can best believe there's nothing up my sleeve but love.
Woo! This episode of Very Delta was brought to you by Orange Diamond, the official emoji of the Very Delta show. To listen to Very Delta one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Very Delta is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Delta Work and produced by Mark Jacobs. Engineered by Margot Padilla and editing by Doug Robertson. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. 